This is Dear Hallmark. Each week, I'll bring you reviews of your favorite Hallmark movies and TV shows. So grab a drink and let's see what we're getting into with this episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. My name is Dara. Welcome to Dear Hallmark. And today I'm so excited that we get to talk about some Hallmark mahogany stuff. And I'm not by myself today. Who we have in the home of Dear Hallmark is a legend. I just need you guys to just raise your glasses. We <laughs> have the director of the debut Hallmark mahogany movie, Miss Terry J. Vaughn. How are you doing? I am so fantastic. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. So I want to kick it off with a fun question before we get into the meat and potatoes of our conversation. Okay. What's, what's a song, an album, or an artist that you just have on heavy rotation right now? Um, Right now, it's so funny. I've gone back to Elle Varner, her oh, first album. Yes. I've been rocking that. <laughs> oh, yes. Wow. A couple of weeks. I just needed some uh, refill. And I get a re. I, I just got. Yeah. <laughs> I love Obviously, that. I'm not a good singer. <laughs> I Though I them. sing all the time. Just I say we all are good singers in our mind and in the shower. I say, why yeah. not? You know? <laughs> why not? I've been dipping my toe, don't hate me, but in some Christmas music. I love a little. Oh, um, really? Leslie Odom Jr. is my. Oh. He's like my Michael Bublé. Like, I yes. love him. His yeah. art is amazing. So I've been listening yeah. to his Christmas albums a little bit prematurely, but I still love it. It's all good. You know, PJ Morton, are you a fan of his too? His yes. Christmas album is amazing too. Yes, yes. Winter Wonderland on that album is my favorite with that island feel. Oh, fun. So it's fun. fun. Yes. It's a fun album. I love his Christmas album. It's so fun. Yes. Yes, I love that. So, Miss Terry, you are no stranger to me, but for some people who may not be familiar with you or with your background, can you talk a little bit about how you got into acting? Because I remember watching an interview with you and you weren't, acting wasn't even on your radar. So can you At talk all. to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I never knew, like, growing up, where I grew up, I never even knew that that was a career or that was something you could do was to be yeah. an actor just never um thought about it and um when I was in college a friend was uh recruiting girls for a Miss Black California pageant mm. and so me and some of my friends at school we were like okay we'll do a pageant you know what do we do right. um and so we did this pageant and then for the um for the talent part <clears throat> <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I just, I don't, I do sing good. It just doesn't sound good to other people. But so I couldn't do that. Um, dance. Yeah, no, I do regular hood dance. I, 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 I'm not a, you know, 
Um, so me and my mom, um, and aunt, we came up with the idea for me to recite a monologue. Mm. So, um, so I did a monologue from the play, um, for, for colored girls who considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Yeah. And I performed the poem, sorry, which was done by the lady in blue. And so I performed that as my talent part. And um, one of the judges was a producer who was casting for a stage play that they were getting ready to tour the country with. And so after the pageant was over, he asked me, would you be uh, um, interested in auditioning for this play? And I was like, well, what do you do for an audition? Like, what does that mean? (laughs) Are you being a weirdo? Like, (laughs) Um, so he gave me the information was at the black repertory theater in Berkeley, California. And, um, he told me to show up with a picture and a resume and Mm. I was like, okay, I'll do that. And so, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing, what I'm getting myself into. So I show up to the theater with my picture that my roommate, my college roommate had taken of me the night before. Oh. With my Polaroid camera, I, yes. you know, song, so I don't nostalgia. Know. Yes, <laughs> you know the yes, and then you gotta. Okay. <laughs> yes. So that was my picture. I showed up to my audition with, and a regular working resume because I was working at the Marriott Hotel, hmm. I had Avis Rent a Car, McDonald's, like regular people working jobs. Yeah, and um, so I show up at the audition with this material. And when I walk into the theater, of course, there are like some real actors there, like people like thespians who study on the stage and they were doing all their theatrical exercises and warm-ups, getting ready for their audition. (laughs) They were moaning and stretching and making (laughs) noises. I was like, oh my God, these people are weird. (laughs) So, um, So I just wait in the corner by myself and um, wait for my name to be called. And I go inside, I meet the director and I meet the playwright. And so they give me some material to read. They were like, it's a comedy. Um, And so they gave me the material. I read the scene for them. And the director, whose name is Paul Roach, who changed my life forever. he, um, He said, can you do it again? But can you... She's really sassy. She's like colorful, mm. sassy. And I was like, oh, like, that's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I read it again and I read it sassy. And they called me that night and offered me a part in this play. And we toured with this play. I ended up leaving school. I toured with this play for two years. But the blessing was our director, Paul Roach, who was a massive thespian had studied at ACT in San Francisco and he was just really into the arts Mm -hmm. and he introduced us to the craft of acting how to study it how to learn it introduced me to all the um, theater greats like Uta Hagen and Chekhov and Stanislavski and gave me all these books to read and Mm -hmm. and I just fell in love I fell in love with the craft of acting and never looked back and that's what I've been doing ever since I love that. What would you say you love the most about the craft? I love um, the man- manipulation part on ourselves, mm. um, the recalling of of moments and times that bring up certain feelings and ways mm. of being. 
whether it's something emotional, something makes you laugh, somebody, you know, losing something or giving you something to fight for. Um, I love that part of it. It's a very psychological thing. And mm-hmm. I feel like anyone who signs up to do that is um, is really brave mm-hmm. um, because you are tapping into memories and emotions sometimes that people go through life wanting to forget yeah. and wanting to relive. And we put ourselves in position to relive these sometimes really could be horrific or really sad or heavy mm-hmm. um, memories. We put ourselves you know, through that for the sake of the craft. So we can give a, a performance that's honest and truthful. So that's what I loved about it. I loved that it was in my hands to, you know, to get myself to a place to give you something honest. Wow. So that's why I love actors. It's like, I just feel like we're so brave and courageous and we get told no all the time. And, yeah. we, you know, and the keep going is just, you know, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that we keep going. <laughs> yes. I was talking with another person about that, how us as viewers, we can feel those honest moments. Like they translate really well on screen when they're pure and they're authentic. But we could we could feel that for, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Sure. So tell us or talk to us about the transition that you took from being in this stage play to now being on sets, because I know you as the incomparable Lavita Alize Jenkins from the Steve Harvey TV show. But you that wasn't your start, of course, when it comes to being on television and being on set. So what was that transition like for you from the stage to being on a set? So after we toured with that show for um, like two years off and on, um, there were a few of us that were in the show and we decided that we were going to move to LA and pursue this acting career. And, you know, the beauty of where we were at that time is that we were so innocent and so mm-hmm. naive and just had no, we didn't have any hangups about anything. We just knew that we fell in love with acting and that's where you go to get acting jobs. So we right. were just going there you know, just excited and just knew that this was our path and this is what we were going to do. So we were going to go get a TV show or go get a movie. We were just going. Right. And um, and there's just some beauty in that. Like you're not jaded. You don't have any expectations mm-hmm. except for you're an actor and you're going to go get some acting jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was just like that. It's like, you know, um, continuing on with what Paul Roach taught us about just honoring the craft. The first thing, you know, I did was move when I moved to LA is find workshops, find um, acting classes, find my tribe, my community. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. That was the first thing I did was just get in the mix, studying and making relationships. Um, So it wasn't, it wasn't really hard. It was like, not that part of it. Getting a job is hard, but right. getting in the mix of of what was happening, that wasn't hard because I was just focused on what I was there to do. Yeah. And as long as I could find classes, there's classes everywhere. You know, I um, you know, sat in on a few classes until I find found the class that I felt like was great for me. Um, and just studying under different people's tutelage and pulling from each one of them what I love and what I got out of their teachings and just incorporated it into my own craft for myself. 
Um, so that was, that was great. And mm -hmm. even when I'm, um, coaching or teaching younger actors, um, that's my, that's my thing. It's like, you got, you got to take the craft serious and you got to want to learn it. You got to want to learn it because yeah. it's not, it's people think it's easy because it just looks like we're just talking, mm -hmm. but like you said, like those feelings that you feel like it took some work for yeah. us to be able to get there for you. Um, and I just, you know, it's important to me that if I'm working with anybody that they, that they honor the craft. Yeah. So what was it like being on a set for the first time, as opposed to being on a stage? Like, how did that feel? Oh, well, when I first, the first thing I did as well was I started, um, doing extra work. Okay. Yeah. So I could get familiar with what a sound stage was. Cause yeah, we had never done that. Um, so I started as an extra background work on, um, a few shows. Um, and I did that for, I don't know, sometime, maybe mm -hmm. a year, two years or something like that of just doing that to get familiar on how a set goes, you know, what's the etiquette of being on set, oh, that's good. listening and learning. And that's what I was there for. I was there to listen and learn. I knew that this wasn't going to be my lifetime gig of being a background. Nope. I'm just right here so I can learn how y'all operate, how y'all move. And um, that's that's how I got familiar with it. I love that. And that carried on to you booking like your first recurring role until then you getting, you know, the lead on some cert on certain shows and yeah. then you're your acting career just kind of was blowing up and built from there. So then from that, how did you get into directing? Did you always have an idea that you wanted to direct? Where did, where did that come from? No, all of this is, that's why, gosh, this is so amazing. I just feel like if people just, just listen, just, I don't know, take advantage of like, this weird stuff just comes, right? Like, even when my friend asked me about being in a beauty pageant, like, that was weird. I'm like, <laughs> and I wanted to be in a beauty pageant. Why are you asking me that? Right. You know, just saying yes to expose yourself to different things, things mm -hmm. that you may not, that may not have even been on your radar. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's how you build opportunity. And, um, and so along my journey as an actor, I did always know that I wanted to do more. I didn't want mm. to just act. Once I started learning the business, I knew I wanted to be more, more of a creative behind the scenes too. I wanted to come up with television show ideas. I wanted to uh -huh. create te television shows um, and movies. So it started off with that. It started off with wanting to create different avenues and opportunities for myself as an actor and for other my for my peers and um in the in the journey of doing that I started um a independent production company with a girlfriend that I had met on another independent film set mm. and she had just written her first novel and I was there as an actor she was there as a costumer and she um, had told me she had just written her first novel. She asked me if I would read it. And I read her novel and I fell in love with the book. Mm. I was like, oh my God, this book could be a TV show. So my, you know, here, I was like, here I am. I'm like, I'm creating, I'm doing mm -hmm. something. So I told my agents at the time 
And so they had set up some meetings for us to pitch this book as a TV series. And the feedback that we got was like, was that this voice doesn't sound like a black woman. This doesn't sound like a black girl. And we were like, but she black. She right. Wrote it. <laughs> right. Like, so that kind of like put a fire under our butts. Like, mm. you know, they have an image of what they either what they want us to be or who mm-hmm. they or who they think we are right and it's not based on anything that's truthful right because we live in this scan we live this life we're we are it yeah right exactly <laughs> for somebody to tell you that oh that doesn't sound like a black person it's really weird yeah so anyway that just lit a fire under our butts and so we started a production company um, with the idea of creating content with that was our voice um, for, you know, acting opportunities, not just for me, but for other actors and to tell stories that mean something to us that are in our own voice and not created by somebody other than us telling us that's our voice. Yeah. That was really important to us. Um, and during the time of having this production company, we did start getting to produce for um, some of the networks, co-producing with other production companies and kind of just built a name for ourselves. And so my producing partner, her name is Cass Seegers Beatles. She wrote a script, she wrote this hood comedy. We were working with another producer by the name of Ricky Hughes. And she um, she was working with these influencers, these social media influencers. And, you know, I had been working with young actors for a minute at this point because I was teaching classes. I had a, a theatrical bookstore in Atlanta. I was teaching classes out of there. And so I love the idea of working with fresh new actors and, you know, just sharing what I know and giving it to them. So I was already working with actors, directing them in scenes in our classes. So I loved it. And so when this opportunity came up to where we had this um, hood comedy, it was going to star these fresh new actors who at the time was DC Young Fly, um, Emmanuel Hudson, Ernestine Johnson. And um, a couple of them were already my students. And I was like, we don't really have money because we we shot this like really low budget and we didn't really have money for a director or any of that. So I was like, I can direct this. First of all, it's a comedy. It's fresh, new, young talent. And it's a hood comedy. That's so me. I can. <laughs> so that was my directing debut. I, we created an opportunity for me to direct and, um, you know, the team got all behind me and we had an amazing movie at the end of it. And BT got a hold of it and aired it. And so it just kind of made the rounds and they started giving me opportunities to direct stuff for them. And that's how it started. That's how it happened. Now, too, what I love is that you're not a stranger to the made-for-TV romance space because before UpTV became UpTV, you also did a lot of stuff for what it was called GMC. So yeah. you did uh, Sugar Mom is My Sister, and I love that one. Um, yeah. You, yeah, for Richer or Poor. And yeah. recently, you also produced uh, The Baby Proposal on, um, yes. on TV, which was really good. I, I saw oh, that as well. Me. 
Yeah. So talk to us about how you got into kind of the made for TV romance circuit and what and what that was like and how that was different from maybe some other projects. Well, for me, like that's my sweet spot. That's Mm -hmm. That's what I love. I love romantic comedies. Okay, it's in a television show kind of scenario, like that whole thing with me and said and even Wendy and, you know, just that whole, you know, it's, it was about family. It's about love. It's about, you know, people making changes and choices in life. I love those kind of stories because for one thing, it's just universal and, you know, anything with love and romance is going to tug at your heartstrings. But then when there's comedy at it, I just think that there's so much healing and laughter. So that's always my go-to. If I have a choice of, of you know, projects, I'm going to choose the one that's, that's comedy. I, I just am. I, I, I want to be an advocate for bringing more laughter into the world. I love that. I definitely love to laugh. So, and I've and been a recipient yes. of your, your, um, your work. So I appreciate that. So let's cha-cha slide right on into unthinkably good things. Because when I tell you I'm excited, it's an understatement. Um, As someone- Have you seen it yet? Have you seen a screener of it yet? I haven't, no. So I'm I'm going to watch it. Like I'm going to set a mood. I'm going to have popcorn. I was thinking about dressing up, but I'm not sure. I might dress up to watch it. (laughs) But I'm going to like, it's going to be a whole thing. Because when I tell you as a a Hallmark fan, like when they Mm -hmm. even announced this, I was over the moon excited that this is a new venture that Hallmark is doing. Can you talk a little bit about how you got involved in the project? It's so perfect, right? Yes. The fact that they that they saw, finally saw the opportunity to to create this content based on this card line right. that has been in our lives for so long. Like, I mean, I've been buying mahogany cards forever, not really thinking anything of it, but that's where we go. We go to to what, you know, reflects us Mm -hmm. and speaks to us. So for them to take the leap to um, create content um, for us to now watch based Mm -hmm. on the, you know, success of that card line for the past 30 years, but look, it took 30 fucking years. Anyway, but we're here. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, so, you know, it was the whole process. So Cass, my producing partner, she actually was hired to write the script. Oh, okay. And so she had told me about it and she was like, you know, I really think that you would be excellent to direct this. So immediately, you know, I started like just putting out my feelers, like letting people know. Um, because I knew Tony, who is our um, exec over the mahogany brand mm-hmm. of content. I knew her from a long time ago, but hadn't spoken to her in years. So she set up a meeting with me to talk about directing this movie. And I was like, Tony, I really want to direct this movie. <laughs> and at the time, I had no idea what a big deal it mm. really was, because I don't even think our movie was originally supposed to be the first one. Mm. I feel like there was another one. And so I just, just I had no idea that it was going to be such a big deal. 
I just knew I loved the story. I loved the script. It's right in my, my pocket of romance and comedy and girlfriends. You know, it was, it was, it's almost, it was written perfectly for me to direct because it's all my sweet spots um, of what I love and what I like to tap into. So I had the meeting with her and then I, and she told me, and she was very upfront, you know, Hallmark is having me interview several directors. Um, We have to put everybody up the chain, you know, has to get approved by everybody going up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, totally understand. So we have our meeting and then I don't hear anything for, I want to say about a month. I don't hear anything. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I put it out my mind. I was like, okay, it can happen. Oh, well. And then I got a call. <laughs> ah! Oh, they brought on um some a producing team that um I know and love, Chronicle Media. Um, and I know those girls and they know my work. And um, it was just the synergy. Everything made sense. It was so easy. And when I say because they didn't end up calling and actually offering me the um job until like a week before we had to go to Italy oh my goodness this is happening now and I was actually working on set I was still finishing up I was um see the work working on um first wives club because I was working on first wives club and Johnson at the same so I was going back and forth from set to set and they were working out the schedules for me to be able to work those two shows at the same time. Thank God. Um, because I love them both. I can't wait for you to see that. I'm, I started watching Johnson. So, I'm I'm watching Johnson. Yes, yes, yep. <laughs> so, um, so, and then this came and they were like, yeah, we need you to leave in like a week. I was like, I'm still working. I still have, I still have a couple of episodes. I have to shoot. Got everybody on the horn. Like you guys have to work this out for me. You have to work this out for me. And the um, producing team over at Johnson was like, we're going to work this out for you because this is a big deal. They rearranged the whole shooting schedule and shot me out in that week. Oh, wow. If it's meant for you, it's meant for you. Wow. Crazy, right? Yes. They worked it out and I left for Italy. Oh my word. Wow. You were meant to direct this movie. That's what that means. Oh my goodness. I so- can't believe you got me crying, Dara. What is happening? <laughs> I'm so done with you right now. I'm so thrilled. What do you want? What? Um, oh gosh. Uh, so can you talk for people who haven't seen the previews, which I don't know how you must be living under a rock, but can you tell people a little bit about the movie and what you hope people take away from it. So um, first of all, I have to give like big shout out to the whole Hallmark brand because they have been, like you said, they have been pumping this out. And I'm like, that speaks volumes. And it's nice to be able to know that you're being seen and you're being valued. And, you know, because so many of our projects, networks, they just shoot them and they just, Spewing them out. They're not, it doesn't get the marketing support. Um, a lot of our stuff doesn't. So when um when they laid out the plan for us, 
and started like calling us on all the things that they were doing. I was like, oh my God, they really see us. They're really mm. getting behind this. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, and, you know, it's a love story. It's a love story between friends. It's a love story between um, relationships with um, male and female. And it's about a, a, a love affair, even with yourself, giving mm -hmm. yourself permission to follow your heart, to follow your dream. Um, you know, we get these rigid ideas of this is what I need to do to build my career. I'm going to mm -hmm. do this, do this. And even when it's not feeling good, because you're moving up, you feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, mm -hmm. even though there's something missing. And so this movie gets to question that it puts these girls in, in each one of them are going through a certain stage in life. And that's the other thing I love mm -hmm. is that this is not a, uh, this is not 20 year olds, this yeah. is not 30 year olds. These are grown ass women dealing with grown ass decisions yeah. at this stage in their life, you know, and at this stage, we hope we got it all figured out, but we don't, we're still learning. We're still growing. We're still, you know, have our insecurities and challenges. And when you have like real true blue girlfriends to call you out on your shit and you calling them out on theirs, that's a beautiful, beautiful love story. Mm -hmm. And that's what I hope people get is just seeing the magic and the power of yourself individually and trusting your instincts, but then the community of your girlfriends that you have with you and how you guys feed each other and, and being honest and not being afraid to call each other on stuff or share information that, because sometimes we don't even want to share stuff with our closest friends because mm. we just don't want them to see us that way. We still sure. I feel like we got it together too because they got it together. So it's all of that and just relationships with their mates and where they're, you know, what they're dealing with and going through. It's a beautiful love story. Woo! You got I me. I get all the feels. All oh, the feels. I felt it just in that description. I, I hope y'all feel it at home. My goodness. <laughs> um, can we talk about that premiere party though? Because mm. I was on the Graham and Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, they went live a little bit on the blue carpet because it was this gorgeous, like rich turquoise blue velvet carpet. And y'all were looking fresh and fabulous. Like it was, it looked so beautiful. So can you talk about your experience just being there? Yeah, first of all, so the Hallmark team, they kept saying, oh, wait till you see what we've done for their premiere. Oh, wait till, you, you know, so they kept pumping it up. I was like, okay, they're saying a little bit too much. They, <laughs> we're going to be like expecting all of this stuff and show up and right. be like, wah, wah. Right. <laughs> but it was everything that they said. It was amazing. They tried to turn it into like walking into a villa in Italy. And they gave us that feeling, excuse me. Yeah, sure. And they gave us that feeling at this premiere. It was so beautiful. The flowers, the music, the twinkly lights and candles everywhere, the sofas set up out on the lawn with the big screen. It was so amazing. It oh, was great. And again, as a fan, it was so cool seeing other kind of Hallmark usual suspects there yeah. supporting you guys. How yeah. does that feel having them there? Again, it just feels amazing. It just feels like 
you know, we worked so hard for so long to keep knocking down these doors and opening up these windows and, you know, just trying to basically, and I hate to even say this, just basically trying to get others to see that we, our differences are to be celebrated, but at the core, we all want the same stuff. We're all the same. Yes. We're all the same. Yeah. And, um, so I felt like it was that kind of energy, like, like they wanted us to feel like they see us, like they were making the effort to, you know, make us feel welcome, first of all, into the Hallmark family, because this is a new space for them. And I love that they had, you know, a lot of their usual suspects there in support, because what I've learned about Hallmark, it's such a family situation over there. Yeah. Such a family. And they made us feel like that. It was, it was amazing. It definitely was well beyond what I expected. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. So you shot in Italy. Yeah. Italy, in the words of Joyful Drake, as she said. (laughs) I love it. Somebody said that's that's me. Like that's how I would be. And I told her to do that too. I, I was like, I want you to roll that window down, put your hair out, let the uh, wind blow through your hair and just yell. <laughs> I love it. She did it. We did it about 20 times. Now, how was that filming in Italy? Uh, like getting the shots, being in the, the culture of it, all the food, like all of it. How was that experience for you? It was amazing. And that was the big part of it for me. I'm like, if they have allowed us to be to shoot this movie in Italy they you know that's a a big ticket price so Mm -hmm. I'm like oh Hallmark is coming through (laughs) we have to give them all the feels we got to get the scenery the big beautiful green and all the stuff and the wine and the food and we got to give them Italy they got to feel it when they watch it so they feel like their dollars went to something Mm -hmm. good right Um, and so it was amazing and I wanted purposefully all of us, the whole team, we wanted to show the, just the, the, the culture of Italy through the eyes of these women as they're Mm. experiencing it and, um, working there because we were the Americans, our whole Mm. crew was Italian. Wow. The DP my first AD, everyone, lovely, lovely people, but there was still the language barrier that would get in the way and uh, different work, working ethics, very different. So we're learning all of this while we're working. (laughs) So it was very challenging, but still just the beauty of the moment overtook all the challenges because there were definitely challenging days and there were definitely like some head butting and there was you know all the Italian men on our set you know and all of that bravado and you know talking over us I'm like yo I'm right here okay I'm gonna step away until y'all ready to talk to the director because I I just I can't you know so you you gotta you know know your space know your space and you know when it's not being honored, know when to walk away till yeah. they're ready. Because yeah. they can't can't shoot if I'm not on set. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so what would you say is like your was your 
favorite your favorite scene to shoot there Ooh. that we should look out for? Um, and actually, some of my favorite stuff didn't even make it into the cut because the movie was so long. Oh. Eric Ash gives some, so we all know that she's super funny. Mm -hmm. Our comedy relief through the movie. But she gave some beautiful emotional moments because in the story, her and her husband are going through a little something. Mm. And she gave some beautiful, honest, emotional, um, um, just a performance and a couple, a couple of them I had, I couldn't even include in, in the cut, which I really hate it, but that's what happens when you're making it for network. Cause you got to come in a certain time frame. Sure. Um, so there was, um, there's a scene where she's doing yoga <laughs> cause she cannot focus she's all over the place in this movie trying to find what she's trying to do with her life right now that she's mm -hmm. retired mm -hmm. and so she does this yoga class and originally you'll see the first time she does the yoga class she is so not paying attention she's just so <laughs> these people are weird <laughs> and then um there was a scene later in the movie where she gets grounded and she's doing this yoga and just tears are just silently coming down her face as she's doing these yoga poses. And it's so beautiful and so amazing, but it didn't even make the movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're teasing us. Oh my God. I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh man. But she went in. She did, and all the girls did. They all have beautiful, powerful moments. Um, and you know, we were working under very strenuous um conditions just again with the language barrier the whole uh just a different country and um the time frame like they mm. were used to shooting 12 hour days here they only shoot 10 hour days mm. we didn't know that till we got there so mm. it was just trying to figure it all out so a lot of stuff was like really rush 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 which I hate I really hate doing that um to actors because of I know what it takes to have to go there. And I want to give them that space in that moment. But these three women, they they showed up every time. They showed up and did it, even with the rushing and the you know chaos that we were in the in the midst of. You would never know that when you're wow. watching. So I'm very proud that. of all of them. I love that. Ms. Vaughn, thank you so much. For your time thank you so much for sharing um can first of all can you tell us just a little bit if you have any things that you can talk about any forthcoming projects whether acting wise or directing wise that people can look forward to watching yes so um like you said um johnson's season two has is already available so you can continue to watch that um i'm on there as an actor for this uh this season um, First Wives Club is coming up. Um, I'm not sure when it's dropping, but I'm on that this season. Um, and uh, Ava DuVernay's Cherish the Day, uh, the second season. I'm in that with um, with Henry Simmons and Joy Bryant. And it was just a beautiful experience. Um, we shot for a few months in New Orleans 
amazing experience. So that's also coming out this this year. I don't know when, but watch for Cherish the Day. And then as the uh, directing, um, so you already know on the 28th, we have Unthinkably Good Things on Hallmark. But then also on the 30th, August 30th, my episode of Tells that I directed, and I directed their first romantic comedy episode of Tells, because, you know, Tells is really dark and grimy, you know, all the hip hop music, and they decided they wanted to try a comedic episode, and they hired me to direct it, and that's airing on Tuesday, the 30th of August, and I'm so excited about that, too. It's gonna, it's so fun. It's so fun. I can't wait for you guys to see it. Oh, well, Ms. Vaughn, thank you again. I hope we get to see you more. I hope this isn't the first time we see you in the Hallmark family from a director standpoint, but I also hope we get to see some of that, your acting in Hallmark as well. I think you would be a wonderful, wonderful addition to the Hallmark family. I was acting for real. Um, I want to give you the last word, whatever you want to say to the viewers out there, whether it's about unthinkably good things or even just a piece of life advice. I'm going to leave that up to you. You have the the last word as our guest. Um, Well, I'll just say, of course, I really hope that everyone listening and watching this tunes in for unthinkably good things. Um, And it is a manifestation of just trusting your instincts and going for it, even when it's really scary. Um, I feel like, especially as women, we always second guess Mm -hmm. um, just based on other people's opinion, based on what we've been told, based on, based on, based on, based on everything outside of us, even though something in our gut is telling us, oh, I really want to try this. Um, I say, go for it. That's where God lives. That's where the faith meets go for it yes i love that well you guys she's terry i'm dara this is dear hallmark thank you guys so much for watching and listening i will talk to you guys in the next episode